broadcasting from Northeast Florida. This is the Backwater Hustle Fishing Podcast. Welcome to uh, the Backwater Hustle. I'm Captain Don Taylor Jr. We have a special guest tonight, Captain Jim Britton of Saudi Tales Charters and Tournament Angler. Good buddy, friends of the show. Uh, Captain, are you a captain yet? No, sir. Working on it, right? At hey. some point. High school, though. Carlos, Carlos Garcia. He's good this guy's not a captain yet. Hey, you're a captain if you're on a boat. All right, I'm out. <laughs> That's right. I was going to say, I thought you were out. Yeah, I'm a captain. Never mind. I won't go there either. Hey, welcome. Welcome, guys. <laughs> welcome, guys. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you guys for showing up tonight. We appreciate no it. No problem. It's, like I said, the backwater hustle. So, Captain McNeely, how's your week then, buddy? It's been great. Been great, huh? Just yeah, it's been what, great. What you been doing? I was in Memphis, uh, first part of the week, uh, walking in Memphis. Did you see Elvis? Nope. That's all right. So, Captain Jim Britton, how are you doing tonight, buddy? Doing great, man. Thank you for coming. I, I wish uh, Mother Nature would be a little nicer to me this week, but other than that, it's been fun. Been windy down here. Yeah, yeah, it's been bad too. What, what are your? Uh, I guess you guys have to. If when it blows, what north and south down here, it really hammers you. North, is, n- north wind is absolute worst. Um, south wind, at least it's warmer. Fish are a little happier this time of year, but uh, east west, I'm fine with either one of those. North is brutal. North, north is bad. Yeah, yeah. See, and I know, you know, fishing in Palm Valley. You can't get out of the north to south. You might as well hang it up. Sure, it's narrow. In, yeah. in Jacksonville, uh, we do have some spots that you can, you know, get out of a, a north wind, a south wind, uh, but it's it's still tough, especially like the nor'easters we've been having. Oh yeah, I remember um, the first time Don came down here and fished with me. And he asked, "It's like, is there anywhere that we can get out of the wind and get a little cover?" It's like, yes, no. Right. Oh, it beat, it beat me to death the very sure. first time. It well, was horrible. I mean, surely is if it's east or west. Yeah, yeah. If it's horrible. north or south, you're in Well, the last time, it, I think the last time you and I fished, matter of fact, it was yeah. uh, about 38 degrees outside and the wind blowing 25, 30 miles an hour. But well, we caught fish. Yeah, we did catch fish yeah. and we blistered our ass, didn't we? So we it's did. tough fishing for the fishermen in that wind, but do the fish bite? Uh, Yeah, typically, yeah. Um, So the fish bite. Uh, you know, the fish will bite great with bait in those winds. But if you're an artificial fisherman, right, it's a lot tougher when you got north or south wind. So let me ask you this question, because we have this debate all the time, and we have folks that, like I said before, we get lovely uh, mail or emails and stuff, and people, um, they want to kindly disagree with uh, what we're saying or what we think. Uh, your opinion does the weather really matter when you're fishing if you know where the fish are at? Yeah, does weather affect the fish or the fishermen? Might affect I, the clients a little. Well, obviously, I, I do believe it affects the fishermen more, but it does change how the fish bite. It, at least, you know, flag the county for me. Okay. You know, that's, that's what I know. I don't, I don't fish Duval County much. I don't fish, you know, but uh, just before a cold front, low pressure fish turn on right but when you're in some bad weather it's more an issue of toughing it out as an angler to get the fish to bite than it is whether the fish are going to eat or not so this so let me ask you this question then because we had a um, when you say low pressure and i don't want to disagree with you because i know you're in my opinion one of the best fishermen i know uh, but you're going to 
well, I'm gonna, I just want to give you his opinion. No, that's all right. We've had individuals on here uh, that a doctor specifically that he said like the barometric pressure, for instance, is absolutely just a myth. A myth. Yeah, yeah. And and, uh, and he gave us a bunch of scientific, factual data. He's a fisherman too. And he's a fisherman. And I can give you a little more of the data than I can. And he broke it down, and it did, to me, make a lot of sense. So what Ty and I did, uh, we went out, and we we went out on four different occasions in probably some of the worst weather I've ever fished in. Like the picture I sent you of the two big fish. Oh yeah. Raining, blowing 30 miles an hour. 37, 38 degree 30 temperature. Degrees, and absolutely blistered there, you know, behinds. And so my question is basically. Do you believe in the whole prefrontal, frontal, postfrontal thing, or I believe in it in the fact that where you fish. Now, when you, when you went out in those bad conditions, mm-hmm. were you fishing where you would have fished in good conditions? Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, you were, and you still caught them. Yes. Yes, because uh, matter, I'll just tell you, one of those places was our A spot for the Florida a Pro. A spot for really? the Florida Pro that we did wow. not get to fish. Yeah, because of uh, there's people near there. Yeah, right? we, we developed that spot for about sixty man hours. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we, never, and never got to fish it. Yeah, we spent days. Uh, I know Donnie and myself. We spent one whole day, about ten hours, just sitting there, didn't fish, watching. watching. Just, and then on the tournament day, we ran to that spot. There's a weekender sitting there. Well, so, near there, and we didn't. Well, one of us right. sitting near there, and one of us like almost on top of it, and then because of all the rules. But back, but back to the question. So, you're, I just want to get your opinion and get your opinion. So, you think that um, it depends on the spots? Depend on say that again now. So, so I do fish differently based on the weather. Uh, I've got areas that I love, like my typical A spot tournament wise is going to be like optimum conditions. I'm going to go here. But if it's bad conditions, I've got another area that I'll go to. Now, is, that, my is, spot. It, is it because you can't fish it, though, or is it because you just it doesn't produce? I guess is my question. For me personally, uh, it, it's that it hasn't produced in those conditions. Okay. So, again, uh, where you typically fish is a lot more wide open than where I fish. So... Uh, I've got areas that on on optimum weather, optimum tide, that's definitely my A spot. Um, when the weather's different, I'll I'll change my A spot to something a li- usually a little bit deeper. So so on, when it's when it's bad weather, you go you fish you like to fish deeper deeper water. Sure. Okay. Sure. When, when when the flats like so, a lot of my spots are a foot deep. Well, y'all have all these flats out here. Kind of break it yeah. down for the folks. I'll, I'll let you break it down for he finishes. Uh, y'all can you can kind of tell us all about sure. Flagler here. But go ahead and finish your statement there well, about you uh, know. So so a lot of my optimum spots are, are a foot foot and a half of, of water. Mm-hmm. If I've got eight inches of chop on the water, that changes that whole spot for me. So are you sight fishing then, pretty much? You think is that, is that uh, what you're doing? Or well, no, not not always because you know obviously down here we we don't get that much clear water. Right. Um, we get a couple months of it, and then it's all pretty dark water. So I'm still fishing. Those, yeah, right, right. But I'm still fishing those same areas. I'm still fishing those same drop-offs, those same oyster bars. Mm-hmm. But when there's an eight-inch chop on the water, I usually move a little bit deeper. And, and is that because you think the chop spooks them? I'm just curious. That's what it, I think. But. It, you know, yeah, spooks them, changes the bait, changes something. Something's not the same for those fish. So, okay. So at that point, I start moving a little bit deeper on bad weather. 
Okay, so Carlos, so same thing. I know you fish down here. You can kind of tell us a little bit. I know you tournament fish. I know you actually beat us in the Florida Pro, so congratulations. Thank uh, you very much. You and Team Breakaways, I think it was. Uh, so when you fish down here, kind of tell us about Flagler down here, if you don't mind, and then tell us the area that you fish. And also the same question I just asked uh, Captain Jim. You know, when the weather's bad, like it, uh, it has been here lately, especially with the wind, you know, do you have an optimal spot that you go to, or do you just not fish the windy conditions at all? And, you know, just kind of the same question I posed to him. Technically, I just stay home. Well, yeah. When the weather gets <laughs> yeah, I tough. Know. <laughs> no, I'm just I just work my day job when that happens. No, 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 no. To so you're, quite, a, to you're be, a fair weather fisherman? I tend to be a fair weather fisherman, and that's going to upset. He wears those thong, uh, those <laughs> that's, thong that's, sims. That's going to upset a lot sims of people. Thong. But, you know, you know. I'm kidding. Go ahead. But, so. No, no, no. No, we, we try to get out on any conditions around here. And what I typically do when the weather gets a little tough, I tend to stick to the intercoastal waterways, the ICW edges, because it seems like uh, the, the flats just turn off. Uh, you know, and that's just me. You know, the guides might do a little bit better than I do, and I don't spend as much time, you know, back in the flats to try to, you know, pattern the fish as, I, as effectively. But... I'll go out to the uh, intercoastal waterway edges, and I'll find a couple of schools out there and, you know, play around with those guys. Well, see, to me, it's a good perspective because you do have a guy who fishes down here, and that's mm-hmm. why I like – that's why I think it's great you guys – both of you guys are on because you have a guy who tournament fishes and a good fisherman but doesn't get to spend as much time as you do, and so to me it's interesting. But you, you say you fish in the ICW. Is it because, like you said, the water's deeper there, or is it just easier to get out of – in optimal conditions or something or just, well it's a little bit of both actually you know you can get out of the wind a little bit better in some spots of the icw anywhere between in our area between you know flagler to ormond beach but you know well i guess it uh, an east wind wouldn't affect you guys down here correct i guess e- east wind is awesome if we get an east wind fish however you want to fish okay yeah. it's that north and that south but particularly for me the north wind it's brutal I got you. See, so like I said, so I kind of circling back. So what me and Ty did after we have we had Dr. Ross on, uh, he basically said that barometric, barometric pressure is a myth. It doesn't affect the fish, and he gave us the scientific data behind it. And then he went on to, you know, tell us about the different pressures and the hydrostatic pressure and so forth and so on. And you know, growing up, I'm sure you've had it. You've had it. We've all had it. Well, you know, you shouldn't fish. Uh, you shouldn't fish after the day of front, or you should, you should always fish the day before front, or you should always. And so you know all those myths and all those, uh, those all that conventional wisdom that we were taught growing up. And so what we've done, we've actually went out and tried to go totally against the grain of the conventional wisdom. And in a lot of cases, we've been successful, and in some areas we haven't. And so I, yes, we talk about it a lot when we ask a lot of our guests this. As far as like the conventional wisdom go, like you just mentioned a while ago, about the the front situation. So you think the fish do turn on before a front? For me, with as far as guiding goes, mm-hmm. um, yes. Okay. If, if I can fish the day before a front, or even five hours before that front, I find that my favorite spots to fish on a certain tide are better. But as both of you know, as, as charter captains, mm-hmm. we got to fish whatever day comes well, up. Don't have a choice, right? yeah. yeah. But so you did say you fish those times different, a little differently than I, others. I, I, right. I do fish them differently. So that brings me around to when it, you know, are the fish always there? Are, are the fish maybe they're ten foot over here? Maybe I think most recreational weekender guys they show up, 
they park their boat in the same spot and they fish their hole. Sure. And they say, well, we're only going to catch them here on high tide or an incoming because that's when they've caught them. And you think, man, these guys are smart because they rolled up, they look at the the uh, current, and they go, well, it's a little strong right now. Let it slow down, and we'll be on them. But they could have been on them if they were 20 foot down the river or 20 foot up the river. Do you yeah. you think about that? I mean, maybe they're over here. Yeah. They're off They're off the ledge on an incoming tide, and then on so, the – So I definitely put more into the current than I do the actual weather. Um for most, tell everybody why that is, if you don't mind kind of elaborating. Well, well for, for almost all the fish that I, I target, um, I don't target a lot of snook. I don't target a lot of trout. So I'm targeting scent feeders. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're bait fishing is what you're trying to say? Bait much? Fi- okay. Well, I can do it with artificials right. too. Okay. But so if it's a real heavy current, that scent has to be it's gone. way yeah. up in front of that fish. Right. right? right. Whereas... With with uh, snook trout, uh, you know they're they're mostly fishing based on uh, vibration and sight, Flash Re- reaction. Yeah, yeah. So right, I mean, right. you can put that right. You can put a bait, art, live artificial cut anything beside them. Mm-hmm. As long as it's moving, they're gonna hit it. They can see it, right? Right. So for my scent feeders, flounder, redfish, black drum, I need to be getting that scent to them, whether it's an artificial. Or a bait. Um, not that redfish won't hit an unscented bait. I'm not saying that. But, uh, you know, so for charters, typically I'm, I'm, I'm scenting fishing. Right. Uh, gulp shrimp, uh, Slayer has a scent, mm-hmm. Z-Man has a scent, all that. But if the current's ripping, i got to be way in front of that fish to get them to smell it. Right. So, like, so let me ask you this, and that's a really good point, because you and I had this conversation the other day. So, like, I want to ask you, though. So you ask me. So you want to ask Carlos. You, you primarily, Carlos, I'm sorry, Carlos Garcia. Do you primarily artificial uh, fish, or do you do both? I do both. Okay. But uh, as I prepare for uh, tournaments, I usually, you know, I, I tend to lean more towards artificial presentations. No, I know that, you know, I think it's a good, uh, good point because you get to go, obviously, like you said, you have a day job. So when you get to go on, on the, at the times that you're allowed to go, or can go, I should say not allowed, but can go, your opportunity arises. Um, do you have certain spots that you consider A spots, and then do you base them off the weather then, or you just go, this is my A spot, I don't care what the weather is, I'm going here because I think or I know fish are here, and then B spots and vice versa, or vice versa, or do you base it off the weather, the tide, and all the other elements that are involved? No, I typically, you know, I take very much consideration into the elements and the tide and the weather conditions and you know, it, it all depends. You know, it, d- it depends where I'm fishing, whether I'm on the flats or um, if I'm getting into a little bit deeper water. But typically, you know, I, I try to, you know, go back to spots where I've been successful. I, I keep a log, mm-hmm. believe it or not. You no, know, I'm, yeah, not, so, so do I, yeah. I'm not a captain, but I do keep a log. Hey, well, you know, that's the best thing to do, man. Yeah. You're a captain if you're on a boat, Captain. That's right. You're that's a captain. Right. You're, you're, <laughs> I call you captain when I'm on your boat, buddy. So. Yes, sir. But, you know, I... I I kind of pattern it based on, you know, years experience and, you know, what, what's worked well all the way down to the lure that I throw, you know, like this time of year, you know, I've been very successful typically with Paul Browns and things like that when I'm fishing the flats. Now the Paul Brown is the, uh, the plastic, uh, yeah, it's like a soft plastic. 
It looks like a hard bait, but it's soft plastic. Okay, that's, that's what it looks yeah. like. That's right. Soft. It looks like a mirror lord, a mirror yeah. beam, but it's okay. Yeah. It's soft like, body yeah. bait. So, so yeah. you, you really have a lot of success with that? Yeah. Wow. Do you fish for that too? I have not had the success that this man's had with it. And you know what? I uh, have thrown it, but you yeah. know, for so I do a lot of seminars about throwing artificial baits. Ninety-five percent of throwing an artificial bait is confidence. That's right. Oh, I agree. 100%. I agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're throwing a bait. And it works for you at a certain time of the year. Yeah. And throw that bait. Have you have you ever thrown a Paul Brown when you and I fished? No, never. I didn't think well, he he, he, he wasn't letting you. He, 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 he wasn't letting let me on the skinny. That's wasn't. right. That's See how right. this guy is right here. This guy right here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you can't know all the secrets. Cap. That's right, man. So that's so. There's, there's a couple of baits that are out there that you know you you have. But no, seen I, I have thrown. Uh, well, I've turned turned you on to some good baits that yeah, you yeah. actually caught during the Florida Pro. That uh, yeah, I don't talk about that. Yeah. But anyway. uh I just not like you. I've never had much success with the Paul Brown, and I've gone out and tried it. I've, I've literally left my house with five baits, you know, to make myself throw an inline spinner. Uh, a lip you know, diver. sometimes you have to throw a bait. You know, occasionally, you know, I just like to go out there and pick a bait that I want to throw, mm-hmm. and not necessarily, you know, have anything that I'm patterning or anything like that. I just pick a bait that I want to actually, you know, see if it'll work. But Jim, let me ask you this question, Jim. Since as the charter captain, obviously you know where fish are at. I mean, that's your job to know, my job and Ty's job, and you know, tournament angler's job to know. When you, when you know where the fish are at, like you do, do you think it really matters a lot of times what you throw if you know that they're going to be feeding? Absolutely not. Thank you. Okay. See what you. what what I need my angler or myself that be is confident. Confident, to be able to hit a spot, right? Yep. Well, yeah. hit a spot. And work the bait properly. Right. So if you're confident in a bait, you're going to work it the way that bait's supposed to be worked. Absolutely. Right? So I have actually thrown the Paul Brown so bait. I, and, and I look at it the way I run it through the water, and I'm like, it, it just it doesn't look right. like. Why would anything it, it, hit yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Right. why, why would a fish it. eat this? But I have seen, I've had other people on my boat that throw that bait and, and love it. And when I watch them work it, I'm like, damn, that's magic. Yeah, see, well, you have to work it real slow, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, because it's, a, it's a slow bait. Because when I yeah. threw it, I had a hard time, because I'm a pretty hyper guy, believe it or not. What? Really? You? Wait a minute. No. You can believe it. You can believe This is breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. I can't see. Yes. I can't see Don Taylor. Russian collusion says Don Taylor Jr. is a hyper guy. Damn it, Hillary. It only and, took $13 million to investigate this, but <laughs> yep. we figured it out. Finally. I'm glad somebody told my mom that. So, I got a question. Okay. I know I've been sitting here quiet. So, artif- nice, artificial bait, real bait, whatever. We discussed part of the topic you brought up here a minute ago. We are going to talk about um, uh, braid versus mono versus fluorocarbon, whatever. So, artificial bait, you're working it. Like you said, confidence is key. So, does braid or mono affect that bait? You work the bait the same way with either one. Does the braid or the mono affect the way it actually works in the water? I can't honestly answer that because since I've been throwing artificial baits, I've been throwing braided line. Okay. Um, I don't have much experience throwing artificial baits with monofilament line. Did you ever bass fish by any chance, Jim? I have only caught 10 largemouth bass in my life. Okay. And I'm 46 years old. So We'll see. So you're older than me, but how about you? Have you ever thrown mono or, or fluoro? Have you always only thrown bait as braid as well? I've only thrown bait or uh, braid, braid, braid. braid, braid. Yeah. Now, see, I will say when I used to bass fish, when I tournament bass fish and everything, um, 
I guess maybe Bray wasn't even around then. I don't. I really don't remember. I just remember as a kid throwing like uh, did Ber- Dave, Berkeley. Dave, uh, did what? they actually have mechanical reels back then? Well, he he had a stake in some rope. Right. Yeah, I stick in some rope. Yeah, I kick my can down the road and then tie well, a rope to him. I mean, you know, Ty's question was awesome to me because I've seen it on TV. I've seen the difference. I've seen these guys that have monofilament, fluorocarbon, braid, all on different reels. The, mm-hmm. the same exact rod, same exact reel with different line on it. Yes. Because it affects the bait differently. Well, see, that was uh, we talked about it on the way down here, and that's why yeah. that was really my question. But, but I mean, <laughs> well, anyway, Ty brought it up. So I'm he just did. <laughs> he he had part, he, didn't he? He, he trumped you. He did. Uh, but but it, it is an interesting question, though, isn't it? And I, you know, well, I just but, know from fishing bass fishing, and that's why I wanted to ask you and you. Typically, bass like, fishing, though. I mean, when you Carolina rig bass up. fishing, you know, that's why I used Carolina but rig. But but you're fishing different different depths, right? Correct. So. So typically for me, first rule in my boat, don't fall overboard. Second rule is if you do, stand up. I mean, <laughs> right. I am fishing two feet of water. Right. So I don't know how the line could make that much difference. Yeah, that's a, right. good, a good point. So but, let me ask. Okay, you guys are, you know. You're, so you're a braid guy all the way then, Carlos. I am. But you well, know, what pound braid do you the use? The thing is, you know, I used to bass fish a little bit back in the day. You throw a mono like I did? And it all depends on the. The, the reel, you know, I, I always like bait to throw. Baitcaster. Yeah, I always threw a monofilament on a baitcaster. See, that's what I did. Seventeen pound. I didn't. Uh, I never. I didn't switch to a mono or a, to a braid until I started throwing on spinners. Same here. Right. Exactly. Same so, here. So do you guys? See, I've never, use a I've never thrown mono ever on a uh, or fluoro on a spinner reel. I've only thrown since I saltwater fished. I've only thrown mm-hmm. braid my whole entire career. Now, just the opposite. When I bass fished. I only threw bait casters, and it was always like but you said. You know, always on, on my bait casters, there was always a lot of line changing on that monofilament. I just don't right. like the way it gets that memory, though. That's yeah. well, that's when you change it out, right? That's you when know, you Jim just, brought yeah. that point up earlier. You know, there's yeah. a little bit of line memory with monofilament. So, memory. so Jim, so your opinion? You're saying, Captain Jim, you don't think that uh, the line would really? Well, first of all, I don't think there could be that much difference in weight. I wouldn't think there's a difference. There, there is definitely a difference when you start fishing. Depth. I, I've seen it, you know. So the few times that I fish eight feet of water, the braid reacts differently than a monofilament. Water. It has to. It's yeah. lighter. It's flat. Sure. It's a, so, so when profile. you're saying it reacts differently, so I mean, I fish a lot of deep water actually but, in Jacksonville. But so. it, dr- it drifts differently, yeah. you know. I mean, um, and the only the only reason I truly know that is from watching mm-hmm. fishing shows because okay. I've not had that experience. I very rarely fish five feet of water. Wow. You know. Um, well, down here, you guys don't have a lot of deep water down here, do you? We, we've got plenty of deep water. And there's then there's fish in our deep water. It's just not what I do. You just don't I do understand it. Well, right. yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, know, you I know Don gives me a hard time about that, too, Jim. He's always asking me. He's like, well, don't you have some deep water spots around here anywhere? It's like, well, well, I'd, well I mean, the time, I'd rather the see The times him. I've came up here, and no, no, in my defense, <laughs> I don't give him a hard time, first of all. I'm not that kind of guy. Yes, you Sometimes. Do. No, we'll take me to a flat up here, and the wind will be blowing 30 miles an hour, and you can't see. And so, to me, when we're up here in the foot of water, I like to see what I'm doing. Uh, it'd be fun to me. I guess maybe I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say. It'd be fun to see what we're, you know, we're trying to throw at and fish. Uh, but then, so, like, to me, when it, when it gets real choppy like that, then I move to deep water. I don't think it affects the fish as much. 
when it's been windy like it has been. That's why I fish deep water for. I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree with that's that. That's all. That's the reason why I, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. If I agree with that. If it's, if it's blowing 30 miles an hour, it's time to go to Maine's barbecue. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, when we when we had uh, we had the Dr. Ross on uh, a few weeks ago, a few podcast podcasts ago. This guy's a PhD. He retired or still works for Woods Hole Oceanographic Institute. Very smart guy. And he talked about the way the presentation looks to a fish. So when a fish is under the water and it's looking up, all it sees is a bright light. Like, look, if you were in a barrel looking up. So, you know, does the wind and, and those things move and make a difference? I think it does, right? So maybe move to deeper water. But down here where you guys are fishing, um, you say it doesn't matter? Or no, 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 it definitely matters. And, you know, so, you know, I had a charter today. It was blowing, blowing 25 17, today. 20, 25 miles an hour. The weatherman said it would be 8 mile an hour, probably. Perfect. Perfect. They nailed it again, hey, hey, right? F- nailed it. F him too, yeah. Yeah. The weatherman, yeah. Yeah. F him for sure. <laughs> uh, yes. Pretty much every day of my life. But, um, hey, I know the feeling, brother. <laughs> yeah. Right there with but, you, Captain. But exactly. So, I mean, the water had such a chop on it. Right. I, I had my first two spots. Tide was perfect. I wanted to hit them. I drove over them with my outboard motor. Right. And there was no fish there. Right. Wow. So that's when, just like you were saying, I like to move to deeper water at that point. But deeper water, me, is still only five feet of water. Right. So when you say you drove over and break it down for us, you'd like, you're fishing a flat or you're fishing in the creek? I, mean, I, know- I, I was fishing a flat. I knew exactly okay. where those fish should have been mm-hmm. if the wind wasn't howling like it was. Okay. And fished it first, didn't get a bite, and drove over it with tried my to, outboard. Try to run one out. Yeah, just yeah. Uh, just to let, see. Let yeah. me just see if they're here, right? right. They just weren't biting you. Right. They just weren't there. So, Carlos, you said you fished on what day this week? You told me Monday or something, right? What day did you go this week? I fished yesterday Okay, on, on Monday. So, how did you do yesterday? Yesterday wasn't that effective at all. Okay. You know, I didn't even see a fish push. The wind yesterday? The got wind, you, you know, up. just, you know, it. I went to one spot. I had a little bit of time right before I went into work. And uh, I tried one flat, and you know, actually, I tried a couple of different flats yesterday. To be quite honest with you, and just didn't see the kind of fish that I was looking for. How was Monday? Same way? No, Monday was a little bit better. Okay. You know, Only a twenty mile an hour wind. No, on it, it, I mean, I, I, it's I mean, been rough. It's I, mean, been rough. I, I told Carlos, and I mean, I told it's, it's been the most windy that I can remember in a long time, and it seems like it's been constant wind too. This well, whole year, you know, whole year's the, been. I mean, the yeah. whole last year's been windy. Yeah, February's tough. March is always a windy month. Yeah. I mean, and so we only have that to look forward to, unfortunately. It seems like it's been blowing since yeah. last last year this time. It's like me, it just hasn't yeah. stopped. What? Yeah, yes and no. You know, you think about those days where you really work hard, mm-hmm. and those are the windy days. But you forget about the days where it's not that windy and you just crush it. Right. Yeah. Well, you know and, how I know it's not windy? Windy? Windy. Windy. Is because I know I've got to apply the bug spray, get the gnats off of me, you know, like three times a day, you know. Yeah. So that's yeah. when I know it. And I have, I've had very few days of, of, of that. But we've already had them, and we're still right. just in the beginning of March. Yeah, they're yeah, right. There, yeah. there yeah. have been some days where you had to put the bug spray on oh, yeah. already. Yeah. yeah so true. you guys both, um, I guess I'll ask one and then the other. You guys use all braid, or do you braid to fluorocarbon, or, or how do you, do you run a leader? Uh, for all, all of my rods are set up um 10 pound braid 20 pound fluorocarbon leader okay um i run generally about a two foot leader 
Right. You know how that goes. Unless he's fishing with me, he just runs it right to the lure. Yeah, <laughs> that's, I do that. I do that too. Yeah, yeah. So are you? Do you go? Are you an FG knot guy, or are you a uni to uni? I'm a uni to uni guy. Too, yeah. I, I I like to tie a knot fast, right? And true. Right. I've landed on my ten pound braid, seven foot medium light rods. I've landed fifty two pound black drum. I've wow. landed four pound bonnethead sharks. Right. Mm-hmm. I trust my knots. I tie them over and over, and I can tie them fast. Right. right. I have practiced that FG knot. I love it. It's a beautiful knot. Mm-hmm. It's very thin. It holds, but I can't tie it fast. Right. It can't takes you. me two and a half minutes to tie that knot. Right. Carlos here uses the FG knot, and we were on the boat the other day, and uh, he was trying to show me that knot, and it's it's just wherever my head, honestly. I'm a uni to uni guy. He's yeah. been with me, and I've caught a forehead, a four-foot bonnet head shark. A forehead shark. Forehead shark. He did, yeah. yeah. And I let him burn out and caught him on 10-pound uh, spider wire, you know. Yeah. And uh, I've caught some bull reds on, you know, same thing. I, I, so I use a 15-pound leader. I use 10, 10 to 15. Yeah. Uh, so, Carlos, you go, do you so go you do the braid? F- braid yeah, to I do, flora? I do braid, yeah. I'm doing... 10-pound braid, typically, to 20-pound fluorocarbon. Right. You yeah. loop knot, are you guys loop knot guys to Well, at, at the terminal end, you know, I do... Uh, I want to go back to his FG knot there real fast, if you don't mind. Yeah, let's go. So tell us about this FG knot. I know you tied the FG knot. I've seen you. It took you 27 minutes in the boat to tie it, but... I like I, FG. I mean, I... am an FG knot. <laughs> I, I'm kidding. It didn't take you that long, but... It I mean, didn't take that. I can yeah. tie it in about a minute. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty it good. It doesn't take well, very well, that's fast. Can you, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't have that many that, hands. That, that's a problem. A, that's a complicated knot. Yeah, it is to me. So I got so an tell easy me. way that I can do it. So, so and, you use the FG knot. Do you use the FG knot most yeah, of the time ex- now? or Exclusively, I use the FG knot. No kidding. And you got where you can tie it pretty fast? And, yeah. So what's the easiest way fast. to do it, though, for everybody like Although there was one time that I was, uh, you know, having a little drink with Jim at a party, <laughs> and I was trying to show him. I was like, hey, Jim, check this knot out. He's like, check this out, yeah, that knot didn't work that day. You, but, know, what, you know what's now, funny that day? First, there, all, first there, of all, it's funny that... You, go ahead. There, 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 were, there were some adult beverages involved. So. Well, I think it's hilarious yeah. that, you're there at, be. that you're at a party there and you're talking about fishing knots. Well, that's, that's my kind of community that's right the there. That's works. Yeah, I know. That's exactly, man. Welcome to Flagler County, Captain. Yeah, absolutely, right. brother. I need to move. I'm in the wrong zip code, brother. So do you guys You do any super glue on your knots or anything like that? No. No, I don't either. No. No, you need, so tell the us only, about the FG knot there real fast. I mean, I mean... What's the, what's the easiest way to tie it, though? I mean, I, I've tried it. Typically, what I do is I, I stick it between my teeth, the braid, and then I just, you know, pull a little tension on it and then start wrapping, you know, 22 times. And 22. It takes, I yeah. can. Yeah. I may yeah. be able to help you out with that. Yeah. No teeth involved. Yeah. Yeah. I got a decent way that I do I it. hate some teeth, and don't you? I can't. Anyways. Um, Use your fingers. Man. But, uh. <laughs> But not no, sure what Captain Don's talking about here, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. The but views no, and opinions but, but of no, about, uh, Don Taylor are not necessarily the opinions that, of the We've got that disclaimer lines. on here somewhere. They'll hear a disclaimer. But, no, I mean, I just – I like the FG knot, though, especially when you're throwing it through the guides. I mean, it comes out smoother, but it's just uh, – it's just – I can't tie it. It's a little bit more work. It yeah. is it's a little bit more work, but it's worth it. So, so. you a fluorocarbon guy? You do yeah. fluorocarbon? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. So Captain Ty had, had this insight for us on this FG knot. What is it? The insight. Well, I, I just got a good way to tie it. I've got an easy way to tie it, and um, I can tie it in about a minute on the boat in the wind. And uh, if you guys, I've never seen that before. If you got some braid and some flora, I'd definitely show you how to do it. And uh, we, we need to do a video. Of this, yeah, I we believe. Do it. Yeah, because, because I, I, I wish I had some here. I'd definitely yeah. let you try it here. Yeah, yeah I'd show I you can't how to do it. it. I'm, I can't do it. Yeah, there's and there's a lot of videos. I, mean, I can do it, but it just takes me a long time. There's a lot of videos out there to show you how to do it, right? Sure, and sure. they all tell you you got to put pressure on the rod. You got to hold it in your teeth, like sure. Carlos said, and right. all these things. Right. I found. Um, 
my oldest son is down in Tampa. Uh, he's in the Air Force down there. We discussed that a little bit. And he said, uh, he said, you ever, uh, you ever tie an FG knot? And I said, yeah, I tie them all the time, but it takes forever, you know. And I'm, I've been a uni to uni guy for a long as Once I learned how to tie the uni to uni, that was it. I forgot a bunch of other knots. And um, so once I got shown how to do the FG knot and how to do it, um, I guess, right and quick, uh, that's that's what I like to use. And uh, but I run a little bit longer leader than most guys. I'll you know three to four or five foot fluorocarbon leader. Um, I do a lot of fishing right inside the structure. I don't fish around structure. I fish right in the middle of it. I lose a lot of you know lose jig heads that way and all that. But it's product when it's productive, it's productive. Right. And, um, but it, it takes a little bit of patience. I don't put customers in those situations normally because. Your, your guys that are out on charters, you know, if they can cast outside of the boat, that's always a bonus. Yeah, um, I had yeah some, you I, nailed it. I had some guys yeah. on just recently. I overhand cast. One guy, all, he lifted his foot every time he casted for some In fact, reason. It was that charter that you referred us to. Yeah, that's what it was. By the way, thank you for that, by the yeah. way. And um, I had he, the skinny jeans my, guy on. My, my pleasure, Captain. <laughs> he, I had he, Captain Skinny Jeans, and he had the, uh, the leg tamer. He could throw... He could throw a good, solid six-foot cast. So I tried to get him to go, you know, underhand maybe a little bit. And he hit the inside of my boat underhand. He killed more mud minnows inside my boat um, trying to get it outside. And but, hey, they're fun fishermen. They're fun guys. They make a good time with them. They're all fun. <laughs> exactly. So the, 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 main, the main requirement we have as charter captains is that people want to go out and have fun. We're entertainers, don't you think? I mean, yeah. for, I mean people, no, people don't it, think. I mean, first and foremost, we're entertainers, you know. And way more about entertainment than it is it about catching fish. It is. You know, catching yeah. yeah. fish is normally a bonus. And, of course, I know you They don't typically it. like it when I start singing. But, yeah, well, I, don't I don't like, like it either. But, I mean, yeah. Well, I've heard you talk, so I can, yeah. I can understand that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, Carlos, I know you're, uh, you're a Bulls Bay or Bull Bay rod. Is it Bulls Bay or Bull Bay? Bull Bay. Bull Bay rod guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell me how long your rod you use, what action you use, what do you prefer, and all that kind of stuff real fast. I'm a big fan of 7.6 uh, uh, medium fast action. What, and what's the penalty on that? Uh, 8, 12, or 6 to 10? 6, 6 12? to 12. 6 okay. to 12. Yeah. And you said extra fast action or fast action? I'm sorry. No, medium fast action. Medium fast action. Okay. Yeah. I got you. How much you can do? Uh, well, just recently uh, I got in with High Door, uh, uh, high door Fishing Products, and uh, same thing as... as Carlos is throwing. I'm throwing a seven six medium action with a fast tip. Okay. And uh, six or twelve or whatever it is, I guess. It's, it's, so it's, all yeah. mediums come in six twelve. I mean, I, I know well, I've, no, I've seen them different. Yeah, 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 no, they, yeah, they do. They do the vary. These are like eight to sixteen. Yeah, okay. You usually yeah. have like the eight seventeens, eight sixteens, eight fourteens, and six twelves. Yeah, and, yeah okay. six twelves. Yeah. Depending on the blank manufacturer. Yeah. 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 Blank. So yeah. you said high door. High door. Yeah. How do you spell that? How yeah. H y d o r. Okay. Yeah. Just like it sounds. Yep. Yeah. Is that somebody new or is that somebody you know? Or, I mean, it I just, it I just, is a new company. It's a, a friend of mine from high school, actually. Uh, he's he's out of Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, he's manufacturing these rods and reels. And uh, is, it, is it called High Door Rods? Uh, high Door. Uh, I'll see uh, Hide. I'm sorry. It, it's, it's High Door Fishing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he does ta- he does uh, reels as well. Uh, rods, reels, and apparel. Yeah, okay. It's amazing to me how the um, off-brand or third-party market in this industry has exploded lately. You know, it, reels, everybody's making them. They're making them private label. Uh, rods are, you find a rod manufacturer today, they'll with, make you private label with stuff. With good quality. Yeah, with yeah. good, yeah. yeah. And, and usually, you can get private label stuff made cheaper than you can go out and buy their stuff. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess money's money. You know, retail's a money's you know, money. Retail's a monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it truly is. Yeah. So, what do you guys got coming up uh, this week? You uh, fishing this weekend? What, what's going on? Well, for me, I actually have a uh, a twenty third wedding anniversary this Congra- weekend. Congratulations. Congratulations! She's put up with you that long for real. Yeah, she has put up with me that wow. long. Yeah, God, it's, it's God amazing. Bless me. It, it's amazing how tolerant she's been. Um, so I'll be off the water all weekend. We're going out of town. Um, get back on the water on Tuesday. Are you guys going uh, going fishing for your anniversary? <laughs> that's, that's my next question. <laughs> Good stuff, Are you allowed Jim. to take a rod when you go somewhere like that? What's that? Are you allowed to take a rod? Because I went on my anniversary this past year to Cocoa Beach. Yeah. And we just stopped, happened to stop by Mosquito Lagoon. Right. And that's just like, and, you know, putting torturing yourself. I mean, you to go to yeah. look at it, when yeah, yeah. I wouldn't allow to take a rod. I'm, I'm, so. I'm not taking any fishing rods. Mm-hmm. What I am doing is I've already got two friends with boats lined up. <laughs> So if we get a little lull in the activities, yeah, I'm hitting the water. Well, Carlos, yeah. I believe you and Carrie just had a uh, wedding anniversary, didn't you guys? We sure did. Congratulations, eleventh, yeah, huh? Our eleventh anniversary recently. Well, congratulations. What, what did we do for our eleventh year anniversary? What'd you guys do? We went over and fished. All right, one good of my for favorite you. flats. Oh, y'all went. Oh, y'all went here. Y'all go down. Go down to Mosquito. No, 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 no. We stayed here. We stayed That's here. That's cool. Uh, she just wanted to make sure that we had a bottle of champagne on the boat. Did she out fish as usual? Typically. Yeah, yeah. she does. Trust she me. She, 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 she can fish. Me. That girl can she fish. She can fish. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, she can, yeah. I, all I did was push pole all morning. And, you know, she even spotted the redfish she wanted to cast at, which. Push pole. Well, well, yeah, push, push pole. Anniversary push pole. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well. Uh, no see, code so, here. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, well, nothing I, nothing I hidden in this text. The push pole just totally just told me, totally threw me off there. Uh, you know, with her out fishing you and all. Sorry. We've all went back to fourth grade here all of a sudden. So, as I do want to fast forward to, uh, you say you fish with rods. I know you ride a Mitzi's gift. I've been in it. That's pretty bad little boat. Yeah. Oh, so, I got a custom Mitzi's gift. Um, big Boys Play Toys out in uh, East Palaka. They uh, designed a mini tower. Um, so, it, it's really a different boat. It's a 17-foot boat, but it fishes more like a 19, in my opinion. What I always tell my clients from my console back, that's the office. Mm-hmm. Console forward, that's the playground. You know, and with without having that center console in the middle of the boat, it really opens up the whole boat. Now, his boat, you stand up when he drives it, you know, and so right. that, yeah. that was kind of odd to me the day I was on it. Do you get tired of standing up there the whole entire time, or does that bother you? Or I've you... worked my whole life, Captain Don. Okay. You know, I, I, you know I'm, just, I'm, I'm just always asking. on my feet. It doesn't bother me a bit. Yeah. I love it. I love standing up, driving through the flats. I can see everything. Stable. Now, here, uh, yeah, it's plenty okay. stable. Okay. Uh, I do run a lifeguard lanyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so yeah. do I. Yeah, so, so, so does Ty. Uh, Cause you, know. you have a lifeguard lanyard, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah, we all run you know, So I'm, I'm running that because I'm standing up. I, I, I don't have a barrier. I don't have a gunnel. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, if, if for some reason I hit something while I'm turning, I would go out of the boat. I have that lifeguard lanyard on. It'll stop my boat. However, um, Standing up, running my boat through the flats. I've lived here, geez. I've had a boat in Flagler County over 30 years. Wow. Um, however, running through the flats and seeing what is in front of you still trumps your memory. Yeah, yeah. You know, so having that stand up, it, it makes all the difference in the world to me for what I do. I love it. Well, now, I've, you know, I've fished down here with Carlos, and you, you, you've got a spider. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which one you have. Well, tell me about your spider real quick. It's a, I have an FX19 uh, spider vapor. It, it'll get skinny, too. Um, yeah. And, you know, being with him, you know, he's he's pretty 
He's 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 careful. I guess he's he's a good driver. I should say maybe or you know I guess that's a good word to put it. Uh, and when you now, got a real fancy boat, you got to be real careful. You're right. You do. I mean, he's rode with me and he's rode with me, and I, you know I go fast or whatever. But but I mean, but the day I rode with him and through somebody's man, I guess you call them trails. <laughs> I don't know what you call those things. Narrow narrow troughs, buddy. I mean, it had me. I was like, oh my. The other day, you and I went up in that flat over there. Yeah. It was like that, but the whole entire way, and I was like. I was I was puckered. I was I was like, man, this is crazy right here. And I was, it, we had fun. It was, it was cool to see, you, but man, it was uh, definitely interesting. You know, right? You you, you must have this year. Like I saw you, you had a boat since you were like ten years old or something, right? Got my first boat here in Fulton County when I was ten, and uh, you know this this Mincy on plane, I I need probably six seven inches. That's true draft. You know, manufacturers have their own drafts. Um, so if I'm on plane and I'm running through these troughs, if there's a foot of water, I don't even think twice about it. Right. When it starts getting around eight, seven inches, I get I get a little nervous myself. When the depth finder starts blinking. Yeah, that's yeah. What I told, yeah. That's what I depth told finder, what's that? You're right, right. <laughs> well, that's what we tell Ty and Carlos. They'll be on the boat, we'll be trolling, and they're like, one seven, one six. I'm like, man, I don't want to hear it unless it starts flashing. If it starts flashing, then, you know. But, Carlos, your boat uh, your boat get pretty skinny, won't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm doing typically about seven to ten inches. Yeah, he didn't get to, he didn't get to skin that one day, did it? <laughs> no, that one day, yeah. We, we need about two inches. Out we need about yeah. an extra two inches. It happens. I've, yeah. I've, I've done it too. So he's calling me out again. Listen, I th- love that, you. Man. That, you call that, me out all the time. You called me out a minute ago. That spider vapor, he gets skinny. Floats and, and fishes skinny. Yeah, but it's also a dance floor. I mean, that's a lot of fishing area. Yeah, yeah. right. For for as skinny as that boat mm-hmm. goes. There's not too many boats out there that have that much platform. Yeah, I was that goes in that depth of water. Have you been on my? You've been on my huge? I have not been on your boat you yet. You ask him. It, it gets yeah. um, what is it about, about 12 inches? I guess 13. Yeah. Maybe 10. Depends on how much gas got in it. Yeah. And it's it's well, a big platform. Well, if man. you want me on there, you're gonna need at least 12 or 13 inches. Nah, right. Uh, he's a big old boy. We getting skinny. In it. We don't well, mean. yeah, and that's when I went out and looked at boats. I I looked at the Spider Vapor. I, yeah. I love that boat. It, it, to me, it was a, it's a sexy boat. And um, I, the only reason I didn't get it was for the weight capacity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, with a family and, and two kids and maybe with charter guests on it, you know, I needed to be able to put more weight on it, and that's the only reason I didn't go with it. Um, right. I, I like the boat a lot. Well, you told me, you told me that, you, that you're looking for a new boat, right? Yeah, recently. What are you going to go to? Well, it all depends. Viking. It all, it, it all depends on what I want to do. <laughs> You know, I was he's of, got Viking money. Yeah. Oh, he does definitely. Yeah. I was thinking about actually downsizing and going to a Hell's Bay kayak. No kidding. Yeah. Hell's Bay. Yeah. I'm wow. thinking. I'm thinking about doing something a little bit lighter where I can actually, you know, fish. Well, Justin, one of your other captains up here that he'll be invited. I'm assuming you're invited to come on the show tonight, right? I, I did invite Captain we, Chris Herrera. We did, yep. reach, we did reach out he, to he, Captain yep. Chris Herrera, and yeah, I guess he, for whatever he reason, he fishes out of a 17-8 whip ray professional. Um, Hell's Bay professional, he's in. Yeah, it, yeah. It's an interesting boat. Um, Tell me about uh, it because I've actually was talking to somebody last night about um, me getting another boat, and I'd like to go to a smaller, technical, you know, pulling skiff. And I just, uh, first of all, I personally, don't... I want to have two. I want to keep my spider. Yeah, I, I, I do want to say that because there's a lot of things that I can do in that spider that I can't do in a professional. But, no... but, but about the professional though, what is your? Yeah. I've never been on a professional before. Uh, what's the deal with them? I mean, I know there's, they, they get skinny, don't they? that much, right? Tippy canoe and Tyler too. So I need to know. All right, <laughs> it's you know, it is not the typical Jacksonville boat, in my opinion. Yeah, you know? that's why I keep my cues in. Yeah, yeah um, and I love Carlos. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, I like his boat. I know how he likes to fish. Um, he will have to have two boats if he goes to that professional. Wow. It is a great technical pulling skiff. Um, you can push-pull that boat and eat a sandwich and drink a soda at the same time. So what is it? Was it a four- to five-inch draft, I guess, probably? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it wow. is a very shallow draft, and it pulls like a dream, right? But, wow, it's tippy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm running the I'm, I'm running a, a minty skiff that's a little bit shorter. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's so much more stable. What's the professional? Eight, eighteen, seventeen, eight, seventeen, oh, seventeen, eight. eight? Yeah, What's the 17, beam eight. on that? What's the beam on that? That's what makes it tippy there, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's well, a fifty. Bit, but that's also what makes it turn like a Ferrari, right? That thing in a narrow creek. I mean, it, you're, it's, what's he have on it? Seventy, I guess, or sixty? 70. Yeah, so yep. 70, he's, he's, he's running 60. seventy on it. And uh, it's got that modified V, right? It's got yeah. two chimes, I think, yep. and modified V. Which, and yeah. it cuts on a dime. I mean, yeah. it, it is the Ferrari of flats boats. Really? I'm just a little too big for that boat. Well, it's got a Ferrari price tag, too. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Just little, you know. Yeah, you can buy two Mitzis for the price I'll of that well, one. Well, I'm going to have to do a few more charges to get one of those. Uh, I don't have, uh, you know, Mr. Garcia money there, I guess. You know. <laughs> No, come on, Mr. You know, Mr. No. Mr. COO of here. No, 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 no. Let's get talking about fishing though. So what else we you want to ask him about fishing? I, mean, I had a bunch of questions I wanted to ask him, but now I've kinda of gotten uh, sidetracked. Captain Dunn got sidetracked. You can imagine that, I know. Yeah, I couldn't imagine that. Tell me about your conservation practices, Carlos. I know you practice conservation like the rest of us, but tell me about yours. I'm if, you don't, if you don't mind, please. Well, I can't really talk about my conservation practice. <laughs> I didn't say consummation. Yeah. I said conservation. Top secret. <laughs> no, 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 no. Save that till next anniversary. Typically, I don't. On the next episode. I don't. I don't keep backwater hustle after dark. <laughs> Easy. Well, damn son. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't keep anything. No, no, no. I know. No, no, no. No. All reality, I, I, I practice a lot of conservation. Just about every fish that I catch, I'm releasing. Yeah. And you know, even I've indoctrinated that with my family. <laughs> You know, we do that a lot. You know, it, it it takes someone from out of town or a family member that really wants to harvest a fish for us to actually bring one to the dock and put a blade on it. Typically, we throw everything back. What is, so? And what is your, and we asked this, I mean, if you don't want to answer it, you don't have to. What is your idea about the whole, uh, the limits? You know, catch, keeping one, keeping two. Um, you hear that argument all the time. I know they're not going to change it until at least 2020, so I've already talked to the biologists from... FWC when they do mm-hmm. 2020s before they even ne- do their next uh, assessment. So, I mean, do you have any thoughts on that at all? You know, I think they should reduce it down okay. to the one. Okay. I think they should reduce it down to the one. How about you, Captain? But, it's, but you know what? It, it, it presents a totally different dynamic for the folks that are doing it for a living and actually harvesting fish. And yeah, I've got cleaning it. I've, f- yeah. I've got a good question along these lines. How about you, Captain? What you, what's your thoughts on Let, that? Let's hear Ty's okay. question real so, quick. On these limits, same same thing that we're talking about here. Should you go out and you take two clients on the boat, or you keep you can keep four redfish. Technically, you can keep six, right? Because you're on the boat as well. Do you keep six or do you keep four? So what I'm doing currently with my clients is um, before the charter even starts, I'm letting them know that at this point I'm keeping two redfish per boat whether I have two or three clients. Um, yes, the law allows six or eight. Um, fish is getting tougher. Yes. It, re- it really is. Uh, you know, 
you guys can speak more for Duval County, but down here in Flagler County, it's not easy to catch a, a, a true limit of fish, of good quality fish. So w- w- typically most of my clients are resort clients, mm-hmm. and it's a novelty for them to catch the fish anyway. Um, if they're not diehard fish eaters, yeah. I'm trying to kind of talk them out of it. You right. know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I do let them know up front, it's two redfish per boat currently, right. even though the law allows more we've got to take care of our resource absolutely i mean i do consider myself semi-retired but this is how i make my money right Mm -hmm. and we need a resource to not only to make money for us as as charter captains but i look at these kids you know i grew up here in flagler beach it was nothing to go catch 30 redfish and, and 20 black drum in a day. And they're right. probably all good fish, too, weren't they? Yeah, they were, they were nice fish. Yeah. And now, it's not, it's not that way. So, Carlos, you, how long have you been here in Flagler? You've been here a long time, too, haven't you? I've only been here for, well, I've been here for eight years. Well, that's, that's pretty good. So that's you, have you seen it you, since he's been, obviously been here for a long time. Have you been here for eight years? Have you seen a decline in it also? I haven't actually experienced a decline that Jim may have experienced. Yeah, not, not, not in that eight years. Not in that I, eight okay. span. I think it's pretty but the thing, much consistent in that eight years. You know, to me, it's just more of a cultural and a more of a philosophical thing for me to actually, oh. you know, think that, you know, we should, you know, do it, probably do a little bit better job of, you know, protecting what we have in oh, terms I, of resources. I and, agree with you 100%. And, you know, I'm me personally, I... I don't harvest a lot of redfish. Mm-hmm. I don't. Ha- but then again, I don't have clients that are wanting to harvest meat. Well, I'm like I'm like Jim, and I've, and, I've started. You know, you know, there's there's a lot of guides out there that you know they just they have to bring meat to the dock to clean. And me personally, I don't have that problem. So I mean, I, yeah. I can't really speak to that. I just say, yeah, everyone that everyone's on my boat. You know, we we just tell them it's like we're not keeping any redfish. Right? Yeah, we don't keep my boat's a catch and release boat. I don't know, yeah. uh, and I've had clients argue. That, they, well, that's and, awesome. and you have some clients that you can you can keep redfish. In, for. in the last year, I've maybe kept three or four, maybe four redfish. Uh, but most of my clients, well, you have to I'd, catch them first. You know, that's great. Uh, and a lot of captains are going to that, and I love that. Yeah. And uh, well, you know, but, I'm like, but I'm like I'm like say what Captain Don was saying. I, I've got some regular clients that you know their families come in from the holidays and they right. want to feed the family. Now, so in that instance, I'll look at trout, flounder, black mm-hmm. drum, sheephead. Right. I'll look at my other options and try to get that amount of meat for the family in those. The redfish stock in particular, um, for me, it, it, it's declining. Well, yeah. you and I have discussed it with you at pretty at length, actually, about what I do. And I know you and I have talked about it, and he knows my feelings, too. But just for everybody out there, I'm the same way. Uh, I started mid, mid last summer. I'll, I'll let them keep. I don't care if it's two people on board or one to four. You're keeping two fish, and, and honestly, I try to dissuade them. Uh, I mean, I'm speaking from personal experience. I don't like to eat redfish. That's just me personally. I'm not I, saying that it's. I, uh, I sure do like it, man. I mean, I, lot, and I, a lot of people I'll do. Eat one every now and then, and a lot of people do, and that's that's you know. But I'd rather have a flounder personally. Uh, I like to, just for some reason I like the flounder better. My wife, on the other hand, she loves the trout. You know, hey, that's all I can tell you. So, I I'd mean, rather, I'd rather have wahoo, but they're hard to catch in the ICW. Well, oh yeah, I mean, I'd rather have a, you know, salmon or something or whatever. But yes, I mean, the point, they are. But the point is, I mean, so I have a two redfish on my boat also, and I've had some of them that I've had to say, 
I'm sorry then if they feel that way. But once I've actually like talked to them, explained it to them, and they've listened to what I've had to say, and then we've caught, like you said, maybe four or five trout, you know, maybe two or three flounder or something, they've been very happy. And I've had them actually call me back and say, hey, you know, thank you for the advice and so forth and so on. But I don't know. Uh, There's I'm, not a single client that gets on our boats to save money on fish. Right. Exactly. Right? Exactly. They're out there for the experience. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, yes, eating fish is part of the experience sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of them understand. Most you know, of them get it. It took a minute when I when I first started. I've been fishing for a long time, saltwater. And when I first started guiding for money, it was a shock to me because you'd have your days when you go out and you catch fish. You have days you go out and you didn't catch fish, right, or as many fish. And I would struggle with that, and I would stress over it. And I had so many people say, "I don't get to go on a boat that often." So the experience is the trip, right? The whole entire trip. The dolphin. Right. The sea turtles, the manatee, the bald e- eagles, the osprey, yeah. the eagles, all that. That is, that's the experience, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. We were out, I had, a, I had a, a guide out one day and we were out fishing. We were catching some okay fish. And um, there was a bald eagle up in a pine tree. And I pointed it out. And of course, they, they freaked out over it. They're like, wow, bald eagle. A flock, maybe, I don't know if that's the right term for Canadian geese, come flying through. That bald eagle left the tree and smoked one of those Canadian geese right in mid-flight. It was the best thing I'd ever seen in my life. Everybody on my boat screaming. Right, right. The one lady on the boat was like, did that eagle just kill that? That, that king? Yes, it did. That circle of life. At 75 mile an hour, just <laughs> smoked them. I'd never seen anything like it. So I want to get back to something. I'm reading my notes. We were talking about braid a minute ago, and you and I discussed it in the truck. I just have a question, though. How long have you been fishing? How many years, honestly? 40 years probably, or 35, 30 years? I'm looking at, uh, let's see, at 35 years solid. You said 30 years a minute ago? So um, did they have braid 30 years ago is my question? No. Okay, no, so no. so why do you, you fish with, obviously, mono then? Yep. Mono was the way to go. Okay, yeah. so, I mean, I, so I wonder what's made. Like, well, everybody. offshore guys don't fish braid. I know, yeah, I know. Right? Very few. Very few. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess my question is like, what made it? What made all of us sit this table go from mono to braid though? Casting distance. Exactly, casting distance, hands down. Okay. And as a charter captain, longevity. Oh, I mean, yeah. you don't you don't have memory. to you don't you don't get that line memory. You don't have to change it out. Yeah. As long as you don't get wind knots and have to trim your your mm-hmm. reel down. Right. I mean, you you can keep that line on there for years. Six months, well, you, six well months. you know, I don't know if you guys saw the photos of fish Captain Don and I caught a few weeks ago. Those big red. You know, we had some nice redfish, and some of them were. I, they were overslot. They were big fish. And I had thrown a wind knot uh, into one of my setups. And I was reluctant because I figured if I threw it into it, I could throw it out. So I just kept – and we caught yeah. several fish with the wind, wind knot yeah. in the line. And um, I was – I just wasn't going to give up on it. Yeah, but the yeah, braid, though, to me, I have to really look at my braid all the time, though, because I use 10-pound also. And it seems like I'll have to pull maybe 20 or 30 yards out every time I get home to restring them. As you know, as a captain, I do it every single day. Uh, Seems like the braid gets nicked pretty easy though. I mean, I know there's longevity it, with it. It, it as gets far as stretch it, goes and memory. It gets nicked with the roller bearing. Right. So as okay. long as your roller bearing is working properly, right, you're not going to see that fraying right. in it. 
So that that goes back to your reel. Your Make reel. It reel and reel maintenance. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to change your reels. Well, some reels. Recently, recently I had to change my entire well, you outlook from, on life. You went from quantum to smoke. I mean, from yeah. some smoke to stratic, right? Stratic, yeah. yeah. See, I talked about that. Well, some of those reels that are out there right now, I know they're they're sexy and and they got a high dollar on them, but those roller bearings are bad news. Yeah. I've seen it on a lot of the yeah. forums lately. Yeah. <laughs> um, I went out last year and I bought four combos, and. Um, I bought up their pin combos. Yep. One of the four, I didn't rinse, I didn't wash, I didn't do anything for a complete year. And I was telling Captain Don not that long ago, it just started getting gummed up on me. And um, I, I bought pin because I, was, I used to be an offshore guy. I fished offshore for a long time, and pin was just durable. They, were value, you know, they, they did their job, they did what they're supposed to do, so I bought pin. Now I've got Shimano's, I've got just about everything that, that they're selling out there. But I like them. They're a workhorse. They get it done. They're not sexy, but they're good. You're a straight guy, right? What you have now, straight Now I am. And what do you throw, Jim? Captain Jim? I'm currently throwing the new high doors. Yeah. Oh, also, it's yeah. the reels, too. I'm sorry. I, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you said the rods while I got it. Now you said the reels, yeah, too. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, they got, they've, got a, uh, they've got a ceramic seal bearing. They, they've got... Yeah, it, it's it's pretty innovative, actually, for what the, the cost is going to be. They're not actually on the market yet. Is the so, roller bearing stainless steel yeah, or is it ceramic? It's stainless. Stainless. See, I've got some, and he, 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 y'all both been on my boat, and uh, that I got in December, and then we're only in, what, March? Yes. And I take care of my stuff. I mean, I wash it off every day religiously and dry it off and put a cleaner on it, and I've got one of them that's the CI4 Plus that's already starting to, uh, the roller bearing starting to make that, yeah. well, you know. So, so like Ty was saying, I'm, I'm doing the same thing with these high doors. You know, it's a good friend of mine that's starting this company, and uh, I, I'm abusing them. I yeah. haven't. I haven't even. Right, t- I haven't even put water to them yet. Right. Wow. You know. How long you had I, them? Uh, four months now. Right. And you haven't even washed them. Yeah, I haven't even. They're, that's kind of real. That's kind of real. I need. Yeah, they they are crusty. <laughs> they look. They don't look great. Uh-huh. But right now they're all working flawlessly. Right. Well, that's drag, a way to. That's a way to know yeah. what's going on. What's the drag? What's the, like you use three thousands or twenty five hundreds or? I'm I'm using twenty five hundreds. Right what's now. the drag? What's the drag on that? It's, it's a tight drag. I mean, it's it's solid. What? It, 30 pound, 22 pound, like straight. It, it's a uh, 28 pound drag. 28? Yeah. That's maximum drag, right? Yeah, That's maximum. Tightened drag. all the way down. Yeah. Dang, what a max. Straight is what, 22, I think? Yeah. 21? I so. But you're, yeah. not, you're not fishing that, though. I mean, you're fishing. No, no, yeah, no. Four, uh, yeah, four, five, six. I don't, six, I don't lock it down. Now, I do have some bigger reels, and uh, I probably have to get with you guys because I don't ever mess with these monster fish. Um, I got some 6,000s that need to be tested. Well, I'm ready. I, I do want to talk about this. He and I spoke with on the phone. Have you ever been uh, black drum fishing, Carlos? No. I haven't either. Uh, it, I, I've caught some, don't get me wrong, but I've never gone out specifically targeted black drum. I haven't drum. targeted but oversized I know, black drum. Yeah, I haven't either. Yeah, so, but, yeah. I, but I know that Captain Jim Britton has caught some big drum and targets big drum. How about breaking it down for us, how you do it, and um, give us the tackle, the rundown, the depth. Just how you target them in general. So uh, springtime fishing here, um, I like to target black drum, obviously. Um, now is that when they're here? I guess I don't mean interrupt you, but is well, that when we, they we, come we, through we, here? I guess at this certain time. Yeah, area, yeah. So if we have our, our typical winter, where oh, so I will say this cold winter we had is a normal winter for Florida. The last three or four winters have been real mild. Um, so I started targeting black drum in January. Now, to me, this is a typical winter. We, we had some cold weather. We're coming into early spring. Um, 
a lot of the the feeder creeks coming out of the flats in in the bends of the creeks you'll get to a depth of you know eight ten feet which to me is deep water mm-hmm. um on an outgoing tide i will i will look at especially at the bottom of the outgoing tide i'll look at those bends in the creeks and i'll throw like a quarter ounce jig head with a shrimp and cast up current and slowly drag that back through the structure in those deeper troughs and that's where we get our better our better black drum this time of year okay so see we get them just on the bottom up in nassau right but yeah they started coming in about january the smaller i don't know about smaller ones and they could have been there the whole time but we started catching them about january and uh right now the big ones are starting to roll through well so so the the drum we're targeting will probably only be up to about seven pounds Okay. We're not okay. talking about, we're talking about big, 40 pounds. Yeah, we're not talking about big breeders like they get yeah. at the jetties or over on the west coast of Florida. Uh, these are what most people would call puppy drum. Right. But we see those I, tailing up in the grass yeah. right now. Actually, yeah. we, did, we, did, we saw some yeah. the other day on the flat. We were looking for redfish, and we yeah. saw a, I guess he'd be a puppy drum. And it, yeah. We thought it was redfish at first. We got really yeah. excited, and we got closer. You could see he had the black tail, and he were like, well, that was a sheephead. Then I said, he's yeah. a nose of drum, you know. Yep. Personally, for me, I've never met an 18, 19, 19 inch black drum that I didn't rename Black and Fish Taco. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, that to me, that's a good eating fish. Okay. And uh, so, but we're fishing those in deeper water, what we consider deeper water here in Flagler County anyway, um, up to 12 feet deep. Okay. okay. You know, it, up at Matanzas Inlet, every now and then you'll get a good one. But you really want those heavy flow inlets like Volano, Ponce, right. Nassau, um, to get the big, right. big breeder black drum. So, so just for everybody listening, so when you're gonna when you target, if I'm understanding you like y'all correctly, when you target the uh, the bigger black drum, you want a, a heavy tide or a, a take me through it again, a slow tide, fast tide, middle tide. I mean, uh, it doesn't matter well, the incoming I, I or going. I don't target the big. 20, 30, 40 pound black drum. Okay. Most of my black drum are slot drum. But Four, 14 to 24 inches, um, maybe an occasional oversize. And I'm looking for the bottom of the outgoing tide. So basically going into a slight that we targeted yeah. more reds up in Jackson. Sure. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. And when we're at it, doesn't matter. Yeah. They, they, I mean, usually a slack tide's better, either high slack right. or, or low slack. But you're, but you're talking about big we're black drums. Like, yeah. uh, one of our uh, guys on our website, uh, Josh, Joshua Jordan, uh, he, I don't know if you guys saw it, but he posted one. Uh, it was a monster. It was like 52 pounds or something. I mean, it was crazy. And I was like, he said they, they hooked five and caught three of them. The biggest one was 52 pounds. And I was like, yeah. Wow, that's a monster, you know. And uh, well, again, on on the podcast website, you 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 know, Dustin Nobles talking about yeah. the ones over on the west coast, uh, Horseshoe Beach. Over yeah, there, so. Horseshoe Beach is right now is a time to go sight fish fifty right. pound black drum. Yeah, that's incredible. Where are we going? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. I saw. I, I well, let's actually, go. Let's go tomorrow. Let's, I don't have a trip. I don't so. either. I don't either. You want to go? Let's go. I'm serious. Let's go. No, Dustin. Uh, I, I could be back tomorrow afternoon. There we go. Uh, Dustin uh, actually came by my house today, and Ty and I were talking to him about that, and he said exactly that. He goes, "You can go over there, you can catch as many as you want," and he said, "It's nothing like sight, like sight fishing a, you know, forty, fifty pound fish in two foot of water." And I was like, Man, I, I, "I gotta get on, get in on some of that action right there," you know. Yeah, they're they're a lot of fun. I mean, a big fish, a lot of fun. Not real good to eat when they get real big, but they're fun to catch. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't think about keeping those big ones, but um, if you can go. Sight fish, a fifty-pound fish, yeah. 
What with, time you want to leave with, tomorrow? With, with 10, 15-pound tackle. Yeah. And, I mean, really, the easiest way to catch them, quarter-ounce jig head and a little tiny piece of shrimp. Right. Really? Yeah. I've can you, caught can them you on catch them on artificials? I've caught them on artificials. I've caught them on uh, yeah. jerk shads. I've caught them on shrimp, you know, stuff like that. But the guide buddies that I have down in Mosquito Lagoon right now, they're killing them over at the Indian River on the Indian River. I do want to ask you about that. I know you went to uh, – do you fish the, the, the lagoon much? I have fished M- Mosquito Lagoon. Indian River I like better than Mosquito Lagoon. Uh, Carlos probably has a lot more experience there I than I do. I want to ask you about your trip, too. I know I saw – well, you and I talked about it also that you were in the, over in the lagoon here recently. Uh, how about telling us about that, man? Then I want to ask well, you about first, the Florida Pro. First, first of all, I want to say that all they talked about was the damn um, black drum bite that's going on in the Indian River. Okay. Indian, the Indian River has been red hot with large, oversized uh, black drum. Well, now, what part of the Indian River, though? I mean, you know, it's, it's long, obviously, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, just the north, you know, around Mims, okay. that area. Okay. And, uh, you know, they've been. You know, they've been finding large schools of black drum. And you guys are talking about sight fishing, mm-hmm. black drum, and that's what they're doing over there. Wow. And, but they're throwing, you know, natural baits at them. You know, they're throwing live shrimp and things like that. So tell us about Soft I, presentations. I know you went fishing in the lagoon a couple of weeks ago. Uh, uh, tell us about that. I know you were saying how you were on a big old school of, uh, just tell us about that trip. You were on, You said you, y'all busted some really, big, really good fish. Yeah. I, I took two trips down there, actually. You know, I got a couple of guides. Uh, acquaintances down there that put me on some really good fish and I wanted to be on the front of the boat and uh, we found a couple of spots on the north lagoon that were just producing you know in big schools and you know, I hadn't how, seen how many in a school down there you think I would say anywhere between 75 in some spots to about 200 redfish that's crazy and you know there were just are they slot fish, Carlos? Or they they, all, they, all they were accommodating. They were, you know, they were accommodating, and they were, you know, between, you'd catch a couple, 24 inches to about 26 inches, and then you get into the 30, you know, 29 inch, 30 inch. That's what class, I'm talking about. And, Dang. You know, you, you, your arms would get a little bit sore, <laughs> you know, trying to get into them. It's still that's fun though. But if you get down on the weekend though, you got to There's as many fishermen as there are sand gnats. That's the problem, yeah. and that's typically why I, when I go down to the lagoon, I usually go down there on a Wednesday or a Thursday. Yeah, you know? I mean, you can get off in the pole and troll zones and maybe get away a little bit from some of the traffic, but there's a lot of traffic down there. Well, well we were, you know, there was, there was a little bit of boat traffic, but it yeah. was all captain traffic. It was a lot of, uh, you know, charter captains that were, right. you know, trying to give each other some hints on where the fish were actually schooling up. Well, that's cool. But, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of weekenders or any, you know, typical traffic. It was all, you know, pretty much, you know, within range of it. And y'all just sight casting into the schools, I guess? And y'all just busting them that we way? We were dead sticking them. You know, really? at some points on this trip, we were dead sticking, you know. Live bait? No, or artificial. Artificial scented okay. baits. Artificial scented baits, we were just... You know, there were we, we, we were lucky enough to find a school that was just circling around a bay. Nice. And what, y'all about a foot of water, 10 inches, 12 inches? About, probably about, you know, 8 inches to 10 inches of water. Wow. And that's the thing down in the lagoon. Like Ty was saying, on the weekends, there's so much pressure. But these fish are pressured week long. Mm-hmm. So when you get with a good guide or an experienced fisherman in that area, you want to watch the pattern of the fish. 
You want to be in front of that pattern. Put your bait out there. As they come through, start couple twitches, that's where you get your hits. You chase those fish down there where there's a lot of pressure, mm-hmm. you're going to have a hard time catching them. Yeah, that's what Jim and I did last year during the IFA. We, uh, I knew where school was that I'd pre-fished uh, in the valley. And same thing, I knew there was about 50 fish or so, 30 to 50 fish in that school. And same thing, we watched them. We, we pulled into the flat and then waited and watched, like you said, we patterned the direction they were going. And I said, I'll, I'll throw first, Jim. Jim Miller threw out there, and then when they made their swing back around, I started, you know, you know, and boom, you know, 26 and a half, and then let them do their thing. Because, you know, just once you catch one, you kind of spook them up a little bit, and then let them settle back down, and they did their thing again, and he threw right in there, and boom, caught another one, and yeah. we had our two fish by 8 o'clock in the morning, you know, but that's a pretty cool way to fish, though, yeah. like that. Until the last few years up here in the northeast of Florida, we've been spoiled. Mm-hmm. Our fish weren't smart. <laughs> you know, down down middle middle part of the state, those those fish have been smart for a while. Unfortunately, with the advent of these micro skiffs and and you know just more people fishing, which is a good thing. It's a good thing for our sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, these fish are getting a little smarter. So consequently, like consequently, as anglers, we have to get a little bit it more just intelligent seems like too. To me, though, I mean, what do you think? <clears throat> I remember I could tell all the time. I remember wearing like wearing a Columbia shirt, for instance. You know, when I was in high school or junior high school, and getting made fun of, oh, you're wearing your grandpa shirt, all this kind of stuff. Well, now, I mean, is it just me or is it like the last maybe five to ten years the fishing industry just exploded? It sure it has. It has. Sure it has. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think micro skiffs are a big part of that. Do you? You know, everybody's always had some kind of access to water with a 12 to 15, 18-inch draft boat, right? Yeah. You look at the last ten years, these yeah. micro skiffs have been, you know, people are starting to get shallower. Shallower, shallower. And so, what you think that's affecting the fish that are not that aren't used to being pressured? Is that, is that yeah. what you're saying, kind of? Sure. I, I just think it's more pressure. Okay. Yeah. You okay. know, so so these fish, before, you know, you had an 18 inch draft boat. You until could, that water dropped out to that depth, I see what you're they, saying. They, they were they right. are raised up to that depth. These fish were comfortable and happy. Nobody, then you go and get a, in there. Then you go Not, and get a mitzi or a uh, spider. You know, then you start pressuring the fish tie. So, you know, yeah, okay, yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, right. and, and that's why you bring us into the podcast, that, right? That's, that's right, exactly right. You figure out how to do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, the, that about the, it. The fishing industry has definitely blown up in the last few years. Yeah. You know, fishing used to be a redneck sport, right? Yeah, it did. Oh, yeah. It was a redneck sport, yeah. and um, it's not anymore. You know, it, yeah. it takes a lot of money, and it, it takes a lot of glitz and glamour to do this. Well, it's cross-genders, too. Y'all, well, y'all, we've all noticed. But I love the fact you said yeah, that, Ty, because... Yeah, we have my wife on here. Um, second, I'm going to talk about that side. Growing yeah. up here in Flagler County, there were no, virtually no anglers right. on the water in the winter. Wow. They were all in the woods. Huh? Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah okay. They were all in the woods hunting. Yeah. You know? And now, there are anglers year-round. Right. Yeah. And that's what I like about, you know, the guys that won the Florida Pro recently. You know, they're just good guys. They're out there in jean shorts and T-shirts and no fancy stuff, and you got these guys out there in big boats. Well, which, hey, I'm not knocking the guys with the big boats. So if you can have that, that that's that's all cool and great, but it's nice to see what what, what you're saying. They're, they're regular guys, and, they you know, they, what I'm, they grind. And What I'm saying is you don't need a $100,000 boat to catch fish. You're or right. Or a $250 right, yeah. rod and reel yeah. or no, right. a fancy shirt or Same any right. of that. So the first boat I got when I was ten years old, I think, cost my parents about twelve hundred bucks. Right. Damn. I probably caught more fish out of that boat than I have out of my Mitzi. Hey, I got two rod and reel combos that cost about that now. You know yeah. how crazy they've gotten. Yeah. Let's let's fast forward. I know you fished a Florida Pro, and um, 
you said you didn't, you didn't have a finish you guys wanted. I know you fished the Florida Pro, the team breakaways, and uh, you guys did pretty well, didn't you? So kind of walk us through uh, you guys' day and how y'all did and uh, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, tell us, tell us where Garcia. you fished. Yeah, tell us where you fished, what you used. And, uh, I will tell you the <laughs> Give me some GPS <laughs> coordinates, please, Carlos. I will tell you the exact spot. We rode a long ways from Palm Valley. It took us a, a bit of a hike. You guys went north probably, you know, maybe a little bit north of Sisters. We were hour ride from, from yeah. Palm Valley. Yeah. And In my boat. We decided. I, I was an hour ride with a 60 horse. Where'd you go, south, Jim? <laughs> yeah, south. You told me, that's right, yeah. No, so Don't we, go south. <laughs> no, so, we so. were just, you know, we, we found a spot where we knew that there was a couple of fish that were holding up, and, you know, we, we decided to target that area. And uh, well, we had, that sounds pretty vague, doesn't it? Uh, typical fisherman here. Uh, yeah. So uh, our tournament day, we uh, went out and uh, we found a spot we, with we the boat. Out, we went we fished, we caught the fish, and we finished tenth. Yeah, it was, it was a little windy, and um, <laughs> I had a Pepsi about uh, noon, and um, that Pepsi, was the end of the, the day. I love Pepsi, by the way. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so no, seriously, okay, I, I think y'all Pepsi, ran, Jacksonville, Florida. That's right. We y'all, were, y'all ran back to Jacksonville, right? We ran all the way. We were we were close to downtown Jacksonville. And uh, okay, yeah. So we ran a we ran a good stint, and you know we we found a nice little spot that we're holding some fish. And how, how deep water were y'all fishing? We were fishing probably in about eight to about twelve feet of water. That's, that's what I'm talking. That, about. That's offshore fishing, brother. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Jim. <laughs> Jim. Damn, you're Jim. down there king fishing there, son. Hope you had your Jim. lifeguard lanyard on in your uh, Jim's in your not. Line. Yeah, Jim's not liking that fishing at all. <laughs> But, hey, yeah. well, you know, Easter on, you know, I I'm a, he, I like he's mastered at what he's done. I think it's kind of cool. You meet people that's mastered, you know, fishing in deep water, and you mastered people but, that mastered it. But I, I will tell you this: while we were going in there, the first wi- the first fish that we weighed in, the first fish that we caught was on a flat, and Jim will be happy about this. We actually were on the motor still, and we were tracking back into the creek that we were trying to get into. Okay, and we saw a flat, and we actually saw where the fish was pushing. And I was telling, actually, my partner, I was telling him, I was like, hey, listen, that's a fish pushing. And he said, that's just the current. That's just the current pushing on, you know, the sandbar. And I was like, that's a fish pushing. Just throw on it for a second. And busted the first one on a little flat. So the motor was running? The motor was running. We were still on the motor. Motor, what do you, what motor, do you mean? motor was running, and that's Flagler County captain saw a fish pushing. Right. That's okay. shallow water fishing there right Absolutely, there. Absolutely, yeah. What do you mean? You didn't spook him with your big bad motor running? The big bad motor was running, and we didn't spook him. He cast it on him, and he busted right on him. What, 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 were you throwing plastics, I guess? Yeah, we were throwing plastics. <laughs> okay. Yeah, what color? A little. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know what color, but. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly what I was. Yeah. What was what was the length on that and the color? Yeah, like four and a half inches. Yeah. Four inches. Maybe about a 30-foot cast. Throwing the XL. 30-foot cast. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about the XL. Yeah. You, sure I'll throw was, it you sure that wasn't a gulp shrimp? Nope. You throwing a Slayer? Yes, sir. Nice, sir. That's awesome. Hey, I caught, <laughs> the one I caught was on a uh, was on the XL Slayer. The, I'll yeah. tell you, fly, it was on the Venice Glow color. And it absolutely, absolutely freight trained it. I mean, just, you guys, Ty, I was like, oh, my God, Ty, get the net. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I know he's a... Uh, a big part of that Florida Pro mm-hmm. tournament, but uh, Slayer makes a great product. They they do, and the, I, you know I, I've used different kinds and I've used different brands, and some of them are too tough to me. Some of them are not tough enough. It, to me, it's just the right combination of 
you can get either size to match your profile that you want to fish. And but it's just it's me some that tail. They've got just enough gel or plastic, whatever you call it, and it just gives it enough action. It's perfect to me. I mean, I'm not trying to give him a big head at all. Trust me, but uh, it, it it does. It's, it's, it's a, a good product. It does. It works. It's a good product. We throw it. On this living, fine, on we this, throw it in our tournaments. Absolutely. On, on this fine morning, it did the trick. Yeah, it, yeah. You know, so you guys it, are going to continue. You you guys are fishing the the pro the Florida pros the rest of the year. Yeah, you guys are going to fish them all. Yeah, he, he, or the he East is. Coast. Yeah, certainly. Uh, yeah. Team Big Boys Play Toys will be uh, fishing the whole series. Hopefully, qualifying and going to the uh, championship. Sure. I'm sure Team Breakaways is going to be right there, showing us up for a little bit. But we're we're, we're on their heels. We'll we'll get them. What about what, the, uh, Carlos and his partner? They all finished tenth, right, or twelfth? Was it? We we finished ninth. Ninth. Okay. And yeah. Well, Ty and I we finished sixteenth. Uh, uh, so we had you know, not, not quite the finish that we wanted, but we we you know. It, it this was year, better. Well, it was better finished than most people. Well, you know, like I told, I think I told Carlos this year. I've gone out with a, with a mindset. Um, I've been hog, hog hunting, just truthfully. I fished them last year, and I was just happy and excited to weigh in two fish just to get the experience of the whole thing and get the – never done it before. And so this Florida Pro that we – Ty and I fished was my fifth one ever. And But we had our, our, our mind made up where we knew we had two spots where we could catch potentially two eight-pound fish, and I'm not kidding you. And so that was our mindset. You know, you can always second-guess yourself and go, man, I wish I'd have had a mid-slot. Mid you know, I'd have finished second in a darn thing, you know. But well, it wasn't there for that. No. Uh, you, you go for the win. Absolutely. And, and, and that's what Jason and I did in this tournament. And that's the way it should be. And, and we came up. We, we came up we, short we, sometimes. We, yeah. We didn't I mean, we didn't You've, you've cast a check in them before. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you yeah, didn't. You, yeah, you, but we didn't weigh in a fish. But mm -hmm. we went to the spots that we thought were going to put us right well, there. We caught fish, the, though, didn't y'all? We caught fish. Y'all just, just didn't weigh them? Oh no, we actually didn't have legal fish. Okay, there's we caught we caught shorts and overs. Overs, yeah. We caught shorts and overs, um, but we didn't have the two fish we needed to compete with you guys. How about you guys, Carlos? Did y'all catch just those two, or did y'all catch fish all day? Or I mean, we caught a bunch of shorts. Okay, there was plenty of shorts, and we had no. That's that's pretty much the size of it. We had the we had. I'm not even going to talk about the two that broke me off, but. What did y'all have? Like two, two, what y'all have? Like two five pound fish? I'm assuming, or two six pound fish? Or? Two six pound fish. Right, that's a good just, fish, though. I mean, just over yeah, six what, pounds. you know what? Twelve fifteen, something like that, right? Yeah, we had isn't 12, that crazy 12, though, 12. Isn't that crazy though, Jim and Carlos and Ty? That you think about it, man. You know, back in the day, you rolled up with a twelve pound bag. I mean, me and Carlos the fish tournament with eleven pound bag, and we finished fourth in it mm -hmm. in the uh, Morningstar tournament. But now, man, if you're not rolling up now, it's just how good the competition is. Going back to how much pressure there is. Man, you don't roll up with a 14, I think, now, or 15-pound bag. You're not giving yourself a chance to win. I mean, I, I, do, I, I disagree. You, you disagree? I disagree? You disagree? Yeah, I do. We're out here well, in Jacksonville? Well, in, the, in, the, in that series, I disagree. If you look at what won last year, the average winners last year were, what, 12 pounds? No. Across no, the board. No, you got it wrong. Uh -huh. If you average all of the tournaments and you average them out, it's well, just no, over no, 12 no, pounds. No, 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 let's, no. Talk, let's talk about the Northeast. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the Northeast Division, I I don't think that's accurate. I, I don't think I don't think yeah. I don't think a first place I, finish was under fourteen pounds last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it certainly wasn't under thirteen. Yeah, because I know the, I think the lowest one I remember was uh, Nathan Johnson won it, and uh, they had thirteen and some change. Yeah, Nate but I mean Matt. I, I know that JD won one of them. Uh, oh yeah. Who, who, who won? Who won? Who won them last year? Uh, but anyway, they were—they were all buddy, like uh, my buddy Steve Ivy. Steve Ivy, yeah. And Greg, uh, 
It just seems like it's just my opinion, of course. But it seems like to me, if you don't show up with a thirteen and a yeah, half or Greg fourteen King, pound, Greg King and Steve, and Ty, I mean, just like you said, just the northeast, like fishing out of the Jacksonville area. I, I wouldn't be comfortable coming in with fourteen pounds. Not, not, not under anymore. Four, under fourteen pounds, anyway. Yeah, because I mean, I know, so, you I know, never, come in with fourteen pounds. I'm thinking I'm making money, right? But I don't think I'm making the ten thousand yeah. dollar paycheck. Oh, yeah. well, think about me. I mean, I, I, I haven't fished in one of them yet where a guy's weighed a fish that weighed eight pounds. And so you imagine us riding to the ramp. I was feeling pretty darn good, thinking, okay, about big fish. That was a sweet fish, man. Yeah, we may not, we may not cash it, you know, you know, cash a, a top ten check, but we'll, uh, or top eight, I should say now, but we'll do okay in the big fish, and then to get up there and him weighing, oh, you know, tenth of an ounce, you know, the other guy had eight two two or whatever it was. I mean, just talking about, I mean, that was mind blowing, and I think he even said that's the first time that two eight pound fish have ever been weighed in, in the same tournament. And I was yeah. like, you got to be kidding me. That's just my luck, you know. <laughs> but, hey, that's it's fishing, man. You know, I, I don't get down. I don't get up about it. It's just you going to the next one, you know. But, yeah, I think I'm, I'm curious to see. I'm almost positive, man. You don't have a 14 pounds. You know, you're not. Uh, I mean, Marty this year, if I'm not mistaken, uh, part of you guys down here, y'all's crew down here, what's his name? Uh, Chappie? Marty and Chappie, yeah. I mean, he had Sun, 15 Sunset pounds. Grill. Yeah, Sunset Grill team. Uh, in the one-man deal, he had her 15 pounds in the one-man deal. Yeah. Think about that. So, last year you had a 14 winners, 14, 13, 13, and 12, which brings it up to a high 12 average. Wow, you're right. No, uh, no, 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 no. You have a, four, a 14 bag one in the east, a 13, a 13, and 12. Well, there's four tournaments last year. Yeah. So, you, so you're 14, about 13 and a half. 13, 13, 13 and 12. 12. Yeah. So a high 12 average. Yeah. Well, it can't be a high 12 average if you if you only got one 12 and you got the rest 13 and 14. Low 13 average. Mid, I'd say whatever it is. But still. That's still, still yeah, pretty that's damn. Still, that's still lower than I expected. So good yeah, job on the yeah, research Yeah, me style. too. Yeah, me too. I, I would think it'd be uh, at least 14. It would, that's basically what we said. If you don't have over 14 pounds, you're not giving yourself a chance. You know. But anyways, that's still that's a big well, bag of dough. Hey, listen, this is, listen to your partner, will you? Oh, he's uh, he's our, he's our statistician guy. He's, he fact checks yeah. me all the time, you know. Hey, hey. he's gonna he's gonna bring you in with a thirteen and a half, and you're gonna win the tournament. Thirteen and a half this past tournament. What got you? What fifth, fourth? Because we had a what? Uh, fifth, uh, I had a fifteen, no. a fourteen, <clears throat> nine, a fourteen, and a, th- and a couple thirteens. Well, that's an early that's yeah. an early winter tournament. So he, I think we looked up something that said what we did this year would have got us fourth place in the West Coast Division tournament already this year. And, and sixth place in the other one. And sixth place in the other. So you guys would have done a lot better. You guys would have finished like second. You know, look, and I don't know if that's you – you can't judge a competition based on that, but you can definitely sure. judge sure. the fishery. Yeah, I've, ne- I've never fished Panama City. I'm sure you have. I mean, are, yeah. are the fish – is the fishing a harder over there? And it is, Are the fish as big over there? Cause, and the reason I'm asking, you know, that's why we ran north for because I know if you catch like a 26-inch no, fish. No, the weights in Panama City will not be what they are heavy. in northeast Florida. Uh, however, the fishing's unbelievable because, you know, so fortunately, northeast Florida, if you look at the whole state, we don't have the competition that the rest of the state has. You get to Panama City on a, on a tournament weekend, it's unbelievable. I, 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 you mean like let, 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 let Ty like, look up? You mean like heavy hitter showing up? You mean? Well, just just recreational fishermen. Oh, I see. Okay. You know. Okay. Um. So so there's some great tournament fishermen that fish that area. Mm-hmm. But I would think I would be real comfortable at Panama City with 13 pounds. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. This year look, the West Coast tournament was one with 14.8. What uh, about the well, um, that's a big the uh, Panhandle? 
they don't have those results up yet. They haven't, yeah. haven't had them yet. We've well, only had well, no, 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 the big band is this weekend. Right. But they yeah. already had the Pan Am. They had the Emerald Coast. The Emerald yeah. Coast. Emerald that's Coast, the one. That's yeah, that was yeah. in Panama City, and that was what? Yeah. what was Four, it? 14. Yeah. That, that's big weight for that's Emerald chunk, Coast. Yeah. That's my point, I think. You know, if you're going to give yourself a chance to any of these now. But uh, anyways, well, well, Ty, anything else you want to cover here? I've appreciated Captain Jim Britton coming on and my, my buddy Carlos Garcia, tournament angler. Congratulations on you guys, uh, 10th place, 8th right? place, ninth place. Ninth place, yeah, okay, that's sorry. solid. Yeah, it is solid, man, big time, it's good. Wow, and thank you, Captain Jim, for coming on, we appreciate it. I know you're the godfather down here. Uh, thank you for Baines Barbecue for having us. You are to be, man, I, I, that's my opinion, like I said before on Facebook. There may be others out there, and I know who they are, but I don't know them personally, so that's, I'm just based on what I can only talk yeah, about. Yeah, they're what. not here, and uh, we, only, we only kiss the ass of the guests that we have on the show. We only kiss the <laughs> ring. At this point yeah. in this, yeah, this point in time. Kiss, kiss the ring. T- kiss the ring. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I know you, and so, I mean, I know other guys, and so I've heard about other people, but I don't know them or know what they do, and so it's not relevant for me to talk about them because I don't know them. You know what I'm saying? Well, I appreciate that, Cap. Um, thank, you for having, thank you for coming on. Know, man. It, so... Sorry to cut you off. No, go right ahead. So, do we need to discuss this elephant in the room thing? Uh, um, we're all out there in the water. We're all anglers. That's why I try to tell one guy. And it's not about making money or not making money. Respect each other. Yep. That's it. That's what you I told you. You're on the water. Respect each other. Give give each other a buffer. I understand if you're kayaking, it's a little bit harder to get to certain areas. Mm-hmm. But if if another boat is there before you or another kayak is there or canoe paddleboard any of that's there before you just respect each other that's all it's about well you know and i told one of the gentlemen that um i had i had had a conversation with him about this whole thing and and he told me about it's always boats versus kayak. i said no i said "I i don't view it that way i don't differentiate between boaters or kayakers to me they're all anglers and if you're good at your craft i don't care if it's in a boat or a kayak or paddleboard and you're a good angler, then, hey, you're an angler as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, like I'll say it one, one more time, there was an instance where we were, you know, fishing, and one a kayaker came up, the dock were fishing. Other time, they, they had the, the ramp blocked up, and it just so happened that week we did, we did, we did a podcast, and uh, we, we've gotten a lot of heat for it. But, uh, you know, they don't know me. They don't know Ty. Uh, and for those who don't know us, that, uh, first of all, thank you for listening to the podcast, and thank you for uh, – it, it truly is a mutual respect. It is. I, I don't care if you fish from a shore, a pier, a bridge, a boat, paddleboard, kayak. We all have to respect each other. Right. Um, obviously, from a boat, we can move around a little easier. Yep. Right? That's right. However, kayaks and paddleboards can launch easier than we can. They can get more shallow. They can get shallower than we can. Well, they can get shallower. They well, have a lot of advantages. Uh, they, well, maybe not your boat. Not your boat. Okay. Okay. However, okay. However, okay. Yeah. But they have <laughs> many more options for launching than sure, I do. Sure, they do. You know, I can't just pull off the side of the road and drop my boat in. Yeah, me neither. If I could pick my boat up off the trailer and set it into the water, yeah. that'd be sweet. Yeah, right? And, you know, some guy made a comment about it being the plastic. Well, they are made of plastic. We've done a bunch of research, you know, I think there was a comment made about them being pollution. We don't actually think that they're pollution. I mean, you know, people can't distinguish between satire and us being serious. Uh, and so if you took it as us being serious, saying that your kayak is pollution, well, but I'll be fishing, I'll be fishing the Pepsi kayak sponsored by McDonald's and the uh, IFA. Uh, I've, got, I've got a couple kayaks, and I, I kayak fished for eight or nine years, but then once I met the Hamburglar, here I, I was out of that. 
Yeah, wow. Amber Amber needs a haircut. Yeah, we're going to. I got it cut today. We're going to edit all this out for a fact. We're not editing nothing out. We may edit it out. Anyways, guys, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having us down here, and uh, thank you to Baines Barbecue. Backwater Hustle, out. Yep, thanks a lot, guys. Hey, guys, you've been listening to the Backwater Hustle Fishing Podcast. Check us out on the web at backwaterhustle.wordpress.com or check us out on Facebook at Backwater Hustle The Fishing Podcast. You can reach us at bckwaterhustle at gmo.com and hit us up on Instagram at, at bckwaterhustle. This has been the Backwater Hustle Fishing Podcast, out.